the Plotcast podcast with the Potty Plotters. Well, hello and welcome back to the Potty Plotters podcast. I'm Elaine and I'm the big potty plotter. And I'm Julia and I'm the little potty plotter. And together we are the Potty, potty plotters. plotters. Now, I brought that bit back in actually, Julia, because we've had a complaint from Richard oh. in Derby and unfortunately the complaints department shut. Actually, it was never created, but he said he quite liked that little bit. I think he got confused as to which one's which and it's a reminder for him. So, Richard, you've got it back. Well, and you're big on everything, aren't you? <laughs> yes. Thank you for that, Julia. <laughs> Apart from tomatoes. <laughs> Exactly. What a lovely link. Right, you are the queen of tomatoes. I've made you the queen of tomatoes. But before we get that far, haven't we got something else to say if people want to get in touch with us or something? Yes. Uh, welcome to episode 10. Remember, I'm on the evens, you're odd, which we've already worked out. <laughs> yeah. And uh, if you've only just come across us, well, hit that follow button. Apparently, the follow button's more popular than the subscribe button. So follow us and you can find out what we've been up to so far. Lovely. Getting on to this episode then, Julia. Today we're going to be talking about tomatoes and football. Now, hey. I know, it's true. But what we've got to do is somehow get a link in here. Uh, similarities between tomatoes and footballs. Well, mine are as big as footballs. Oh, ark at you. Yeah, ark at you. Uh, I suppose if we were playing that blow football... Uh, I don't know if that's Yours still... Yours are as yeah. <laughs> Mine are that's tiny. Oh, is that a game? Yeah. Are we allowed to say it? Yeah, because we're... Yeah. Sabutio, you mean. Oh, that's it, yeah, 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 where they flick it and yeah. all that. Mine yeah. are little tiny ones that I grow. Yeah. So the first thing that we need to know is, how do you grow tomatoes and how are you so successful, Julia? Because it's fair to say that you're excellent at growing tomatoes and it's fair to say as well that a lot of people come to have a look at what you've got in your polytunnel as the season progresses. So let's start at the very beginning. I was going to burst into song <laughs> I and I... St- you were. <laughs> I know, I saw that one coming, thank goodness she hasn't. Yeah. <laughs> right then, you've got some multi-purpose compost at the side of you, you've got lots of trays and you've also got recycled materials as well in front of you. Yes, so I've got our recycled fruit tray that we normally use to plant in, our multi-purpose compost and I've got a selection of tomatoes here alongside me because there are hundreds, literally hundreds and hundreds of varieties of tomatoes and that is really the beauty of growing your own because you'll have a limited amount of choice in the supermarkets wherever you buy them from, whereas if you grow your own you can grow all kinds of varieties, all kinds of colours, all kinds of shapes. You can grow them in hanging baskets, you can grow them in the ground, you can grow them on the windowsill. There is a tomato, I believe, for everybody. So what we've got to do is to make sure that people get the right tomato for the right place or container. Because if we were to grow, for instance, a cordon tomato in a hanging basket, well, it would be a sight for sore eyes. It's not going to work, is it? No. And conversely, if we've got bush tomatoes in our plots, that's really not a good thing to do either. So how do we actually find out what's right for us? Right. So let's go back to what you've mentioned. You've just kind of cross-referenced two things. So you've got the determinate tomato, which is the same as you may see advertised as a bush tomato. And they are tomatoes that don't involve 
any pinching out. And normally they only grow to about two or three feet maximum. And the beauty of them is that there really isn't much to do other than plant them and water them and give them an occasional feed. So for a learner, that is the perfect tomato plant to start with. Yes, and usually they are ones that are grown outside rather than inside. So, you know, for perfect for hanging baskets, you can get varieties, uh, tumbling tom. If you wanted to grow them in tubs, we've we've grown a really uh, good variety called Muscota in the past, which were really well in tubs. The only problem with the determinant tomato is they do tend to ripen all at once. Whereas if you're growing them on a cordon or an indeterminate tomato, which are the ones that you pinch out, you do get a longer span of the tomatoes fruiting and ripening. So depends on the conditions, depends what you've got and the space that you've got to grow them. The important thing to remember is tomatoes love sunshine. So probably that's why I'm attracted to them. Well, I always grow a very tiny variety and they're tiny both with the tomato and also the plant itself. Only grows to about 12 inches. Lovely to put on a windowsill in the kitchen, easy to grow. And again, no pinching. There's no. We used to pinch one another as kids, you know. Oh, you girls. nasty, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just reminded me. Yeah, we used to get told off for it and we used to squeal a lot. But anyway, we're not going to do that in here. So... Pinching things out, that is something that we'll talk about in another podcast later on, because the first thing that we need to do, Julia, is having chosen our varieties that we're going to grow both outside, on the plot, and also in hanging baskets, and also on the windowsills, and also in our greenhouses and polytunnels, what do you do first? So if we're planting our tomato seeds, let's think about where we're going to grow them first. So if we are going to grow them outside, we don't want to go too early. Do that about eight weeks before the last frost is due because you can't put them outside until the frosts have gone because these are very sensitive plants. So leave it a little bit longer if they're an outdoor variety. If they're an indoor variety and you've got access to a greenhouse or polytunnel, now is the perfect time to be planting them. And as we know, I love my massive, massive Beefmaster tomatoes. And that's what people come and gawp at in the polytunnel. They're enormous. And every year, more and more people want them. So I think I'll have to have another polytunnel to it's grow even to more. You just reminded me, Julia, that last year you had to put your bra, well, not the one that you're wearing, but you had to put <laughs> your bra underneath um, some of your tomatoes, didn't you, to support them? Yes, because they are quite big. And I've actually built some scaffolding now in my polytunnel to support them because they are so enormous not everybody has to grow the enormous tomatoes lots of standard varieties like your money maker your alicante they are your standard tomatoes that you would buy in the supermarkets but of course there's nothing tastes better than off the plant themselves in the sunshine but we start them all the same way so i've got our little uh, plastic tray we've got the compost i'm just going to give it a squirt with our sprayer to dampen the compost and the reason we do this before we plant anything with small seeds is so that once we have planted the seeds we don't want them all collecting together afterwards if we're using the watering can I can't get in this. the scissors are at the back of you Julia Thank before you, you uh, break rip my teeth, your teeth. yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm not onto false ones yet teeth that is <laughs> or anything there's nothing false about me yet um, so this is quite a smallish tray 
So again, it's like planting the um, pepper seeds and the aubergine seeds. I'm going to leave about an inch between each seed that I'm planting. And the reason we're doing that is once they've grown, I want to be able to lift them out and move them onto new compost into yeah. their own little plant pot. And I don't want to be disturbing the roots of the neighbouring tomato. So that is all I'm going to do. And then I'm, <laughs> I'm looking because was that just four that was in I've that just, packet? No, no, this oh, right, in the sorry. packet. <laughs> oh, that's very expensive. Talking of which, how expensive are tomato seeds to buy, Julia? Again, that can depend depend on the variety. So if you want something more specialised, you, you do sometimes only get six in the packet, but then you are getting a very specialised variety something a little bit unique so you know probably they would all germinate and if you want something a bit different we tried a, a black tomato one year didn't we but mm. we weren't that keen on it because we couldn't tell when it was ripe so you had to keep going and giving it a squeeze but this packet's got 30 in and I know that other people have asked me for the Beefmaster tomato so because of the size of the tray which is I would say about six inches by two <laughs> I will uh, probably plant about 10 in here and then plant some more in, in more trays. But, uh, but yeah. And do you leave them open on the top or are you going to put some more compost over the top? Again, like we, we do with all our seeds, we're just going to put a thin sprinkling of compost on the top. So twice the depth again of the seed. And then what we'll do is spray them and cover them over to keep them nice and warm. And these will come home with me and they'll sit on the windowsill at about 20 degrees and they'll germinate within about two weeks. They should be up and through. And then we'll be moving them on into their own bed. So into the germi- their own uh, plant in their pot. own plant pot. But the germination method for tomatoes is the same across the board, whether they're bush tomatoes, cordon tomatoes, big tomatoes, fat tomatoes, round tomatoes, yellow tomatoes, black tomatoes, are all tomatoes the same? No. Oh. No, they all taste different. They all taste different. So some are very sweet, some are very acidic, some are very juicy, some are very fleshy. So that that is the beauty. And, you know, every year I try a new variety because I think it's worth experimenting with. So um, I've got one that I tried last year, which is beautiful, called Belladine, which is a plum tomato, but very similar in taste to the Beefmaster. So again, we'll be planting some of those. But I don't think you can have enough tomatoes because they are so... Um, so much variety and they're in so much demand I mean we could become tomato barons or something so get tomatoing that's what I would say to people fill your window sills and make sure that you put a newspaper or a tray underneath the bottom of the containers so they don't leak everywhere in case they do yeah and listening to us on on another broadcast that we're going to do later on and we're going to talk about how you get tomatoes from a tomato Tomato plants from a tomato. It must be a tomato joke, but I can't think of one. I won't then. No, don't. All right. The Plotcast Podcast with the Potty Plotters. What have you been up to this week then, Julia? Well, while you've not been in, while you were at home being lazy, I've been in the muck heap. And guess who I met in the muck heap? Roland. I did. Mr Rat I stuck his name out there. at me. I knew Just stuck his name there because out. I saw all the muck the other side. When yeah. I say muck, he's like shoveled it out, hasn't he? he? Has. And he had the cheek to stick his nose out at me. Now, I don't want to kill him, but we are evicting him. So slowly, slowly, we are removing his home 
and he will be away then. That's not a bad thing. Well, I'll tell you what I've been up to. I really have been clearing out my greenhouses ready for the onslaught of everything that's going to go in there. By crikey, it's so hot. You know, you only need a little bit of sunshine, don't you, before you start to work up a, st- a sweat. Have you ever done that? No. No, I didn't no, think no. you had. No. no well, anyway, no. I do, but no. uh, it comes from barrowing muck from one side of this plot to the other, but it seems to have worked. Yeah. And I can see from sitting here where we are in the tangerinery that my greenhouse is actually sweating. Oh. Look, can you see all the sweat dripping on the inside? <laughs> It's because there's hot muck in there. Lovely, lovely. And while you've not been here as well, tell you what else I've been up to. I've been tidying my front garden at the allotment. Uh, So, of course, I've got one side that's full of perennial flowers, which we love, all the kind of ones that the bees love. And I have been very good, and I've left it over the winter for the habitat for all the insects. But now I've noticed all the shoots are coming through from the uh, plants. So I've taken down and removed all the old... Um, dead shoots now and and leaves so that I'm prepared for the coming season plus I don't want to give um, the slugs and snails a habitat now. So if you want to get in contact with us with any questions we're quite happy to give us a go and and try and answer them. I mean we could answer personal problems I suppose but if you've we have had a question and I think it's garden related though. It certainly is yes and it's from Alison and she said that she tried to grow parsnips last year and she was thrilled and delighted because they germinated she thought that they were growing but when she dug them up they'd forked f-o-r-k-e-d and that means julia that generally speaking instead of getting one taper root so one long root as we recognize parsnips unfortunately it had all gone very uh like lots of fingers and lots of things growing instead So if you wanted to enter that in a competition, you'd probably win (laughs) as a kind of uh, unusual veg competition. But the reason that that's happening is because you've got too much fertility in the soil and possibly you've not cleared it of any stones or anything. So that's what causes them to fork. They don't like much fertility in the ground beforehand. So if you're going to uh, put parsnips in a raised bed in the future, Alison, what I would do is don't muck it that year. Leave it and dig it and get the soil to like breadcrumbs, a fine tilt, as fine as you possibly can. And I think that should solve your problems. Contact the Potty Plotters anytime on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Potty Plotters or email naughtycorner at pottyplotters.uk. the day alone we're here at a different allotment site in Derby and we've come to meet with the Derby County Community Trust now I've been practicing my dribbling and you've been <laughs> and you've been practicing in goal haven't you because we thought we were coming on the subs bench yeah well I don't mind doing that because I've got my tape measure in my pocket as well and my plan is actually to dig up that football pitch and start everybody growing their own I think it would be more fruitful than what they do there currently Maybe, don't Makes know, sense. but I think Makes these sense. will argue it, don't you? And today I am with Wilco and also Danny. Wilco, what are we doing here? Besides talking to you, obviously. Uh, so you're at our, I wouldn't say brand new allotment. It's been going for two and a half years now. And Danny to the right of me is our newly full-time creative green activities officer at the Trust. 
at the Trust, but at we're at trust. an allotment site. It's not football here, is it? No, no, that's the thing. Everyone sees Derby County Community Trust as football and going to schools and the next budding footballer, but as a health department, we've taken on lots of different activities and the green side of the club now um, is where you are today. So hopefully this is the start of some new beginnings at the Trust and also the football club. But you said that normally you do football-y sort of stuff, and yet this is an allotment site. What's your plan to do here? Physical activity, obviously physical activity is part of everything we do. Um, get people out, out and about different and have a look that actually anybody can come on an allotment site because there's that myth that you've got to be over 70 years of age. Um, you, you've you, got to wear a cap. Yeah, yeah, you've got to wear a cap. You've got to have some sheep and and, and, a, and a stick <laughs> and, and, and that's when you come on. But I think we've changed it really that the age demographic, yeah, we have older people coming up, but like so me, Danny, Lucas outside working just shows anyone can get their hands dirty and try and grow something and the main aim is to give back the produce back to the community as part of the living crisis so as well as our participants getting food we're giving it to food for thought food banks and our lunch club that we deliver as well so it's quite a, a big ambition very some yes. would say so danny how do people get involved with the allotment do they just contact derby county community trust and say i want to come on your allotment yeah exactly so anyone that's interested can come along uh like i say it's for anyone doesn't matter what age race anything they are um and then we've got a website so there'll be a brand new uh, web page on there for the green activities coming along soon and there'll be a contact us form so if anyone's interested they can just fill that out and then that'll come through to ourselves and uh, we can get in touch and get them down here and get growing brilliant and you've got a lovely big shed that we're sitting in in fact it's the summer house it's very posh isn't it Elaine? i was gonna I like say it. it's a lot more that's a shed <laughs> down there yeah. that i can't fit in this is it's this very is posh. This, this is very posh very, very posh, posh very posh and um you've got a full-sized allotment really um so what is the plans that people just come spend half the time just sitting around drinking coffee and then the rest of the time outside growing <laughs> yeah uh, so they're going to follow sort of a little bit of a structure so for the ones that are a bit more physical there will be a nice warm-up to first to get everyone into it about an hour's worth of different activities if it's digging or sowing some new seeds or pulling some veg up and then we'll have a nice social element for about 30 minutes long and then do a little bit more and then nice cool down at the end so everyone's going home uh, not not pulled any backs or I wake up the next morning and can't get out of bed uh, and that's sort of twice a week at the moment and how long are those sessions for? Um, two two hours at the minute, but we'll probably go up to three soon. Right. And will you have a sports therapist kind of massagey person on hand <laughs> if anyone pulls anything? We do have a holistic therapy uh, person at the trust, so if anyone does, they can be referred over to her. I've just got visions of a giant parsnip <laughs> being pulled out <laughs> and everybody pulling and tugging and shoving. All I'm going to say is that allotments really aren't very sexy and they were so very last year. So what has made you come to allotments and getting involved in them? We're going to go back to during the COVID times. So we got a pot of funding from the EFL Trust that was from DCMS, Public Health, to work with people who were socially isolated. So at the start of COVID, it was getting them online, getting them food parcels, and then they go, right, if you want to have more, we can give you a pot of money to make it sustainable because we're coming out of the pandemic. That's what they thought, but obviously we didn't come out dingy. So I just went, let's get an allotment. And everybody at the trust, my line manager, our health and safety were going, Wilco, what, you're going to get an allotment. I was like, just, I need to get out of the house. I need the project. So we came up here and it was just, we just tried it out. We just did a few bits and bobs. People started believing in us. 
we were making space they started coming in take bringing participants it was a really good thing for them and then we got to a point where we either give it up or we bring some actual trained personnel and people with knowledge to take it to the next level so I think what's really cool for me is we laugh and joke and everybody laughs at the trust going Wilco in allotment you can't grow anything is actually I've got it to a point where we can make it a lot more than just an allotment and that, it's really exciting as you can see like obviously the listeners can't see they can hear but it's, um, <laughs> oh I'm, re- I'm really excited like it's just nice that this here coming up at Christmas when this was up it was just nice it's the next step and working with you guys as well giving us that knowledge and what we need so exciting times ahead I think Danny doesn't know the headaches that's going to come and you're going to have disappointment there's going to be bad days there's going to be people not happy but it no. is what it is so it's no different to football then is no, it no no you can't <laughs> win you no. have good winning streaks and things will grow so that's a good thing we've had we have been really lucky but we know this year we're probably going to get to a point where things aren't going to grow as much as we want but that doesn't mean we've failed it just means we've got to do something different doesn't it? yeah yeah you just learn don't you go as you go along learn what works um i've not been on this site while we've been growing stuff no. so we'll just see what works as we and go what along is your plan because i mean you've got as julia said a full-size plot out here and it will take some work but it will also be fantastic if you've got lots of different people supporting this as an adventure so what is your plan because i can see that you've got somebody out there putting up a polytunnel we have got this ginagora shed um, for want of a better word and um, loads of paths loads of muck it looks like and soil all being piled up outside yes yeah, so we've moved some beds around because they weren't quite working how we wanted um, and we also want to make it wheelchair and disability access friendly so we're going to have raised beds um, so obviously you can get into them a bit easier warms the soil up we can get going a little bit earlier on in the year um, and that decent paths everywhere uh, we also want to incorporate making our own compost so there'll be that the other side as the polytunnel uh, along with a bug hotel as well so that's really exciting and then sort of we've got um, a kids group um, as part of it who are going to be coming down in the summer holidays Easter holidays uh, so they'll have their own area where they can grow stuff uh, they can then because some of these kids probably haven't even tried fresh tomatoes off of a plant so they can do all that sort of stuff here at the allotment in the Easter holidays and you plan to be here full time by the sound of it um two two days here definitely minimum <laughs> uh, and then just see how it goes to see see what needs doing and you've just taken on another plot at another site in derby as well so you're going to split your time between the two of them or is it two days here two days over there yeah yeah but two two here two there for our participant side um and then the idea at the other plot will be to it'll be all bare ground just grow purely focused on growing as much as we can for like Wilco said to donate to the uh, food for thought and the different food banks and then here will be our flagship site where it's a little bit more developed um, and a bit more accessibility and some would say that this is just a fad you know Derby County yeah football club yeah get an allotment because that's what everybody does it gathers momentum it gets the headlines why is it that you've come for an allotment because that's very different to any other green space that i would imagine derby county have got at the minute no i agree uh, and it, i think it was a bit of phase at the time and we kind of thought let's create something and not just tick a box that's really um that's the work we've done is more than ticking a box but i think now we're at the point where we can link within the city's needs so the city's needs after covid so what we didn't want to do as a club and a community trust was just go here's some food parcels because it's been COVID. It's going, actually, how can we respond after COVID? So we now know we've got a green 
sites. We're not the only one across the city. We're one of many. But we're linking out to social prescribers, GP surgeries. I've got a meeting with the library because we know the libraries are going for the issues of shutting down. Can we turn this into a green library once a month for the community to access? So it's going to be a lot more than an allotment, but on an allotment site, if that makes sense. So I think that kind of gets away of, oh, Derby County are just doing it to tick a box and be green. We want to prove them wrong a little bit. And it's nice when you prove someone wrong that actually... Not you know what you're doing, but you've got something that's got a lot of legs here. And, we, and if I ever left tomorrow, Danny's got it. If Danny left, then someone else could just take it over. So yeah. um, that's Talk, the aim. Talking about a lot of legs, yeah. have you got any of the footballers coming down to do any work? Um, we're just trying to work with them now. So the new manager in charge is really keen on getting them out into community activities and different to schools holiday courses because that's great but what can the footballers see that we're doing so we're, we're trying to get them here but the only problem is our sessions are on a monday and a wednesday they like to have a wednesday off so we're trying to work on yeah they, they get a day off yeah they get, <laughs> the way you look at them, <laughs> all they're they're doing like, is <laughs> running around after a ball for goodness <laughs> God sake. Sake. Yeah. well they could start couldn't they by digging a bit yeah. of that pitch up and i bet nobody would <laughs> even know yeah. Have you had a word with them? I mean, our first thought when, when we uh, connected with you was what could we snaffle, to be honest with you? What can we snaffle from uh, Derby County? So have you uh, collected any of them corner posts or any of the... The nets, the nets or anything. Yeah. We've got ideas for all kinds yeah. of things. So have you been in their so, store cupboards? So, so we've had an initial conversation with them because we can't just take things. That's oh. frowned upon. We can't <laughs> just take things. So what we have been told at the end of the season, we can go up and if the groundsman says that net's not being used anymore, we can. But if the groundsman says that's got another 12 months left in it, we can't take it or start growing stuff on it because it won't look great when they play on a Sunday or a Saturday <laughs> when they train but the, the club are fully behind it I think what we've just got to do is listening to something like this and showing the new boards because the new owner's brilliant what we're trying to do is just bringing that ethos across the whole club but not trying to be a forest green because we're nowhere no. near that forest no. not, not actually Don't not in forest that. no forest green the green uh, the green football club the greenest football club in in europe and um, we're trying to just change a few habits for supporters and stuff like that so i can see some lovely sweet peas growing up that net in there well, I've actually thought about those corner flag things because if you put a few of them together, you could grow your beans up there. Yeah. 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 Are we going to turn Derby County green instead of black and white after all? Mm, I think we'd be in trouble. They'd kick off. <laughs> yeah, the, the, uh, yeah. even Danny's not even mentioned that turning the badge green. Um, but I'm sure they'll give us something. They will give us something. They, they won't. will, yeah. Yeah, they will. They will give us something. And I think what's really cool as well, not to keep droning on with my voices we're just having some new logos green logos for the trust so it really identifies what we're trying to do so you've got the derby county community trust logo but we're turning it green thanks again to uh, danny and wilco from derby county community trust Right then, what we're going to do now is we're going to just do a little bit more about our hints and tips. We said that we'd give them every time we do a podcast and now is the time for us to carry on with them. Julia, I have got a net here. Now this, most people would remember by Enid Sharples, if you remember her. <laughs> I'm just yes. saying because you are that age. And she used to wear this kind of thing on her head. Well, my shallots actually came in this. You can get tangerines in it, or orangeries, orangeries, <laughs> oranges. That's because we're in the tangerinery, <laughs> isn't it? Right. Anything like that. And why it is that we want you to keep them is 
because these will support your melons in the future and also tomatoes too. I've definitely seen these wrapped around your melons, Julia. So if you're buying things from the supermarket currently, put these all on one side, keep them. They will come in useful. Thanks again for listening to us on this episode. And if you like what you've heard, don't forget to press that follow or subscribe button and you can find us on our normal social channels. In the next episode, we're going to be talking about barrows and blooms. So to find out more, then you'll have to tune in because we're not going to tell you otherwise and you won't find it written down anywhere. It's all a big secret, really, isn't it? The Plotcast Podcast with the Potty Plotters is an Amberland Media production.